Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. You can also reach out via the KPL app chat and send a message our way. We will interact with those throughout the show as those messages come in. I want to start today not looking at elections or, or anything like that. I want to start with crime, tangentially related to the midterms, mind you, but I want to focus really on Louisiana. Uh, There was a story came out yesterday, today, uh, Representative Alan Seaball. A lot of y'all know Seaball. He's been featured on Moon Show. If you read The Hayride, he's been talked about at The Hayride a lot. Uh, I've mentioned him briefly because he'll be involved. uh, he's, He's term limited in the House. This is his last year. Uh, 2023 will be his last legislative session. He's term limited out. He's going to run for Senate. He will be running against Coach Mike McConathy in Natchitoches for the Senate seat there. But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about a plan he's putting forward. He's going to put forward legislation this coming legislative session to introduce a violent crime task force. That's what he wants to see. He wants to see a violent crime task force that will help address the violent crime problems that we are seeing here in the state of Louisiana. And yes, there are some significant, uh, some significant issues or some significant rises in crime that we do need to look at. Uh, I've put up at, 90, uh, at kpel965.com, I have a story about Seaball's, uh, about his, his proposal. And I've included some links to the FBI's Uniform Crime Report. The Uniform Crime Report, which comes out every year and shows the, t- the statistics on crimes across the country, because law enforcement agencies turn these stats into the FBI, they create the Uniform Crime Report. The Uniform Crime Report shows that violent crime is on the rise, and actually Louisiana has the highest violent crime rate among the 41 states with available data in 2021. In Louisiana, there were 26,078 violent crimes reported in 2021, at a rate of about 564 per capita, 564 per every 100,000 people in Louisiana. Louisiana is not a big, it's not a very populous state. So that is a very high number. That per capita rate, 564 for every 100,000 people, that's actually the highest in the nation. And it's really, really... saying something to call that the worst because there are some really bad ones out there. The Center Square had a story about uh, the FBI's crime rate, uh, the, the Louisiana's violent crime rate. Violent crime, by the way, is divided into four categories. And they're the most serious offenses out there. Robbery, rape, aggravated assault, and homicide. Those are the, the four violent crimes that fall into this, this broad category. 
and Louisiana is at the highest rate. Here are the top 10. Louisiana at 564 per 100,000 people. Arkansas, 556. Alabama, 518. Tennessee, 498. Alaska, 451. Missouri, 425. Michigan, 416. Colorado, 404. South Carolina, 404. Oklahoma, 393. What's interesting is that the Center Square, the website that posted this stuff, shared it from the FBI's Uniform Crime Report, also notes that crime is more often concentrated in economically disadvantaged areas. And when you look at the list, the most economically disadvantaged areas are Mississippi and Louisiana, both at over 19% poverty rate. And Louisiana is higher at 19.6 to Mississippi's 19.4. But that's not the only indicator because Mississippi is 35th out of 41 with a rate of 202 violent, uh, violent crime reports per 100,000 people. The good news is Lafayette is the, the rate is not as high. Um, and we have we have some things to be happy about here in Lafayette, but statewide, the violent crime rate is going up. And we need to figure out what's going on. And we need to figure out what's causing this wave now. If you look at the data from the last 30 years, it's actually significantly lower than the crime rate was, the violent crime rate was in, say, uh, 1993, where it was well over 1,000 violent crimes per capita. And as of 2021, it was in the mid-500s. So there is some good news there. And actually, when you look at it, Uh, 2021 seems to be slightly lower than what we had in 2020, which was at 639.4 per capita. So Alan Seaball, Representative Alan Seaball, wants to create, through legislation, a violent crime task force in Louisiana to address the problem. So my question, and we'll talk about it a bit, and of course you can call in 232-1542. You can send a message through the KPL app chat. My question is this, what should the Violent Crime Task Force address? Throughout the country, everybody has different solutions. Some people want to focus on guns. Some people want to focus on culture. Some people want to focus on the home. Some people want to focus on education. As I said, the poverty rate does come into play. It's not just the obvious political talking points. It's not just the, hey, we have completely uh, undermined the prosecutorial system by uh, introducing you know, cashless bail, uh, prosecutors deciding not to prosecute misdemeanors, that sort of thing. It's not just those political talking points. There are some real cultural issues that we do need to talk about. So my question to y'all, we'll, we'll go ahead and take a break, and if y'all want to call in, you can. My question to y'all is, what should the Violent Crime Task Force look at in trying to address the problem of violent crime in Louisiana? Let's go ahead and take a break. We will be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 
Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPEL 232-1542, if you want to call in, be part of the conversation. Would love to hear your thoughts on what should a violent crime task force in Louisiana look at to try to address the problems. There are so many issues that are involved. And joining us on the line, we've got Jim. Jim, thank you very much for calling the show. Thank you, Joe. Listen, just with respect to the violent offenders, I think the, 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 the biggest issue is the parole Mm-hmm. and repeat offenders and they've just got to do something and i know there's they let them out because of lack of space in the prison system but you know i'd rather let out a shoplifter or a, you know a bank robber before they let out a murderer or a violent offender yeah let's look at the parole system and the uh the repeat offenders i mean a repeat offender should just you know get as many years as they can and then wear an ankle bracelet for as long as I can keep one on him. Yeah, you know, you're right. The, the recidivism, the, the rate that people return to prison, the rate that they recommit the crimes and return to prison is, is pretty high in Louisiana. And that is, I know, something that law enforcement and prosecutors have had to deal with uh, throughout the years. But, it, but that is just one of those things that's getting worse. We had a, um, we had a, a, a story yesterday uh, two teens, uh, a 19-year-old and an 18-year-old, were arrested in connection with, uh, I think, a, between the two of them, something like 50 counts of simple burglary from a vehicle. And what they were doing is they were targeting local hotels. They were breaking into the cars at local hotels or finding the ones that were unlocked and taking things out of those cars. In looking at that story, one of the names is familiar because one of the names is a guy who earlier this year was arrested in connection with a shooting at uh, a local uh, establishment here in Lafayette. Now, this person apparently, despite being involved in a shooting that left, uh, I, I don't think anybody, no, there were no reported injuries from that particular shooting. But despite that, uh, that guy was back out on the streets and has taken part in, I think that person, that in, that individual had something like, 40-something of the simple burglary counts. So the recidivism and the, 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 the just rate to which people return to committing these bad acts is extraordinarily high. And there are prison systems that have worked on recidivism programs, have worked on reintroduction programs. And you hear that word all the time. They, they want to reintroduce these people to society. But I don't think there's enough going into these programs, whether it's funding, whether it's the actual educators, things like that. Well, I don't either. I recall one politician many years ago saying uh, rehabilitation of someone assumes that they were once habilitated. And in a lot of cases, most of these animals haven't been habilitated. They grew up that way. And like I said, if you, if, if you concentrate on, on the parole, the way they're paroling these people, and the attributes of the individual, I mean, you can, you can pet a lion in a zoo, but you can't open the door. Yeah. Yeah, you're but right. I'm out. I mean, that's just stupid. But I'm, I'm, I'm serious. If, 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 if a murderer is sentenced to 20 years for killing somebody, that's just not enough. And if they say 20 years, it ought to be 20 years, not, you know, two-thirds or one-third of the time and good behavior. Like I said, 
the line will be really quiet when you hold them the whip. But once that whip's gone, we're going to end up like that Las Vegas guy did. Yeah, you're right, Jim. Thank you very much for the call. Appreciate anybody else who wants to call in, 232-1542. You can also send a message through the KPL app chat. Just open up the app. If you're listening through there or, or you just have the app on your phone, hit the little chat button, select general message, and send a message to the show if you've got thoughts to share as well. Um, but yeah, going back to what Jim was saying, the recidivism problem is is a big issue that we have to deal with. And who's getting paroled? How often are they getting paroled? Are people being let off the hook a little too easily on all this? We do have uh, we do have a lot of folks who are in the system, and they are frequently in the system. There there are people who just go back and forth between the criminal justice system and regular society. And we really do have to figure out a way to cut back on that without, you know, over criminalization, without over, you know, just locking down people who legitimately do. They legitimately do serve their time. They do. uh, They do serve the time as required by law. But what happens after that is the reintroduction something that works or do we have to find some different system? I'm not in favor of just increasing the amount of time we lock somebody up. I'm, I'm one of those people who actually does believe that we probably overcriminalize a lot, but there still has to be punishment for those smaller crimes that maybe shouldn't result in longer prison sentences. All right, we've got a lot on. Uh, we've got we've got a lot of folks who want to call in. We've got Terry on the line. Terry, how are you? I'm good in you, sir. Doing good. I will call him to let y'all know. Y'all know the problem with all these kids doing all these shooting, if you will look at it. What's that? It's the you gotta blame the criminal you gotta blame the judges. You gotta blame the DAs. When they stop whipping when you made, made when they made you stop whipping your children, that's when these children got outrageous. The day children that's doing the shooting that's the children that never got a whipping in their life from their parents because the the uh, the justice system is not fair. They want to put the parents in jail instead of the kids in jail. So how can you raise your kids? Everybody want to blame the uh, this and that. It's the uh, you got to blame the judges. You got to blame the DAs for that problem that we got today by these children doing these drive-by shootings. Yeah, like, the parents can't do anything. The parents can't do anything about it no more. Yeah, no. so everybody needs to get on the right track and stop blaming this person. This person. it's the judges you got to blame, and the DAs you got to blame. All the people that's doing shooting today is children never got whipping, and they tell their mom. I heard, I got folks. I heard them telling mommy, "You whip me, I'm calling the cops." Yeah, you, you and know. that's the truth. Yeah, I need to talk about that. They ain't talking about reform. Talk about reforming the court system, the judges, the DA. That's who y'all got to reform. Okay. Yeah. That's who y'all reform. Y'all stop doing this and giving people the wrong thing. I've been in prison. Mm-hmm. I went to prison before, my brother. I did three and a half years in prison. Prison ain't showed me nothing. They ain't showed me nothing. You got drugs in prison, my brother. Yeah. As soon as I got, the first day I went to prison, I went to prison on a dirty urine test. Mm-hmm. First day I got in prison, you know what I, they offered me? Drugs. Goodness. They offered me drugs in there. Yeah. 
No, there's there is a lot that has to be fixed within our prison system, within our criminal justice system. Brother, you're you're absolutely a, right. We need, to, we need to get with the judges and the DAs and tell them, look, when they call, when the children call the cops, tell the cops, look, they ain't got no bruise on. Let the parents whip their ass. All this stuff won't stop, brother. Terry, thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. And, and you're right. There is a, there is that cultural aspect there as well, where we really have uh, just absolutely uh, – We've, we've taken away a lot of the, the parents' rights to discipline their kids. I'm not a huge advocate of the spankings myself, but the, the, the very act of disciplining a child, whatever that discipline may be, is now punishable, and people do frown upon that. It's all over parenting boxing. Well, we, we try this. We do this. That way we show our child we still love them. And I'm sorry, that doesn't work. It doesn't. We do have to have some of these cultural changes as well. And I am not sure what the answer is. That's why I want y'all calling in 232-1542. Call in, tell me what your thoughts are, because we're, we're, we're looking at how we can bring violent crime down in the state of Louisiana. We'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show right here on News Talk 96.5. Your calls, 232-1542, when we return. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. So this, this particular topic we're talking about, the Violent Crime, Violent Crime Task Force uh, that is being proposed by Representative Alan Seaball, that story is up on KPL965.com. Uh, you can be sure to download the KPL uh, app to catch all of our stories, get our alerts, and of course, be able to listen to our shows anytime online. All right, let's go back to the phone, still talking about violent crime and how we can combat it. We've got Carolyn on the line. Carolyn, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I just want to say, my son has been in prison. Mm -hmm. And and he, he got out early. Good behavior. He went on parole. He got out early because he was doing everything right. Mm-hmm. But and he's a trucker. Yeah. But now he needs his trick card, and the rules are seven years mm-hmm. from conviction. And we're really close to seven years. But he's back in Louisiana. He's 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 got his life back together. Yeah. I think we're too rough. It's like. Once you have paid for your crime, mm-hmm. I think we need to give these people a good, a new shot. Yeah. I really do. I think that, and, and I agree with the gentleman earlier, you know, you need to, I'm not sure, whip them. Although my children <laughs> did get spanked when they did something wrong. Yeah. Uh, they did get spanked. If they did something wrong, if they were disrespectful, my children were not were not the ones that just got stand in time out. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 had a recommend they had a reckoning. If you do something wrong, you're gonna pay for it. Right. And we tried to teach them that all their lives. Um, my son did something stupid. Mm-hmm. And he knows it's stupid and I told him it was stupid. I told him if you ever do this again, I'm never coming back here and I'm never sending commissary money, I'm done. And he said, Mom, I'm not ever doing this again. And his parole officer, when he walked into my house after he was out, said, I can smell a repeat offender a mile away. Mm -hmm. And he said he has learned his lesson. That's awesome. So so when you get a parole officer 
that comes in and tells you that. Mm-hmm. He said, and I'm going to be tough on him. He said, I know he's not going to do it again, but I'm going to be tough on him. And he was. And and he is doing really well. He's just struggling now to get the Twix card. Yeah. And that's a problem, but we've called wonderful Clay Higgins' office. Mm-hmm. Love Clay Higgins. Love his staff. They're wonderful people. And they're trying to help us. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was, I was just saying that that's awesome. I'm 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 happy and and it's it's cases like that that make me very hesitant on this idea that we need to be tougher on parole. We need to be tougher on cracking down on people who are out of prison because a lot of people, your son included, it sounds like they pay their debt to society. They understand that they screwed up. And they work really hard not to do it again. Mm-hmm. And the, the question becomes, what about those who don't? And it's, it's a very again, hard question. Maybe, maybe if there was a little more mercy, mm-hmm. uh, maybe if they were, maybe if they talked to the parole officers, like, like the one my son had, yeah. who, who was so in tune with everyone. Mm-hmm. I can smell, I'll never, those words stay in my head. I can smell a repeat offender a mile away. And that's something. Maybe they need to to talk more to their parole officers. Yeah. Maybe they need to educate their parole officers because my son didn't get to keep this particular one because he got promoted. He got promoted up. So before my son was done, he got a different, he got a higher promotion, but yet my son needed a letter and he wrote the letter. So you need you need the system to work. And yes. the system's broken. The system is broken. That I do you're agree gonna with. Find, you're gonna find a few like like his, my son's parole officer mm-hmm. that really cares. But then the system is so broken. I agree with the man about the judges. And the rules, you know, seven years from conviction day to get a TWIC card. He's six years and so many months. Yeah. And if he doesn't have a TWIC card, he can't drive. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, that's, that's a good point. And, and I, I think that you're, you and the previous callers are right. The system does need a lot of change. But the other problem here, and I think it's one that we can all kind of agree with, is there are a lot of people who are actively trying to undermine the system. So there's no faith in it. Correct. Uh, I do agree with that. Yeah. Carolyn, but, thank you very so much. How, for the call. how do you weed out the ones that are not and the ones that are? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the key questions here. Carolyn, thank you very much for the call. I appreciate it. Good luck to you and your son. Thank you. And thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. And anybody who wants to call in two three two fifteen forty two would love to have you on. But, but that is, I, I think, I think that's one thing that we do really need to address in all this. We have had national, we've had this national conversation about law enforcement, about the criminal justice system, and there have been a lot of people on both sides of the political aisle that have undermined aspects of the criminal justice system. Defund the police, Black Lives Matter, all of these movements that undercut a lot of law enforcement's purpose. 
And by taking the actions of a few bad actors in the law enforcement community, it does hurt. And at the same time, on the right, there is an issue against federal law enforcement. And I am one of those people that has that would love that calls for reform because I want to see those agencies do better. But there are people on the right who are calling for the absolute complete disbandment of those federal agencies, too. And it completely undermines the system. The people who are in those systems, in those agencies at the state, local and federal levels, undermining the good work they do. And we really, really need to put faith back into the system. We really need to bring people. We, we need to we need to get we need to be back at the table with our criminal justice system. We need to sit at the table with our criminal justice system and work out a lot of these issues. Because there are a lot of issues. And yes, there are some instances, Uvalde, Texas is one of them, where the law enforcement agencies have actively undermined themselves. And whole whole areas, whole systems, whole agencies that have hurt themselves and undermined their own credibility. But then that gets rubbed off on other ones. It's the same when I was a teacher. I took a lot of flack when I was a teacher because I was in the education system and people have a lot of negative thoughts about the education system and it undermines what good teachers do. We have the same thing here. All right, let's take one more call before we go to the break. We've got Judy on the line. Judy, how are you today? Very well. I would suggest that when a person is incarcerated, that one of the things is that they would be evaluated, number one, if they can read, number two, uh, do they have any kind of mental instability that needs to be treated. I have found that most of your, how could you say, discipline problems are the ones in my classroom that could not read. Mm -hmm. And so they would act up so they would not show the embarrassment of that they could not read. Yeah. If they cannot read, then they cannot perform. So have them tutored or have them have lessons so that they can read, so that they can feel better about themselves. I'm not condoning their actions, but what I'm saying is find the root of the problem. Find the, 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 if it's a mental disability, if it's drugs, if it's uneducation, do that first for them, and then they will be able to feel more confident, and they will probably, the recidivism will not occur as much. That is an excellent point, Judy, and you are absolutely right. The ones that act out are doing so to mask a lot of those deficiencies, and we can track those. You know, one of the things that I mentioned earlier is the socioeconomic aspect of it. And when you have people in lower educated, lower income, poor socioeconomic status areas, and those crime rates tend to be higher, it comes out of a lot of social and economic frustration. If we work on those problems, that's why you've got to bring educators to the table on this issue on crime, because they are the ones who oftentimes can see what's coming from the, the from their students when they're kids, the kids who are acting out, the kids who are the problems, you know they're going to escalate based on their behavior. And those those issues need to be addressed in schools. You're absolutely right. May, may I add on to this? Yeah. The teachers have been trying so, so, so much. I can remember how many students I have had that needed to be evaluated 
in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And, oh, did you try this? Yes. Did you try that? Yes. Did you try this? Did you try that? But there was always an excuse. I can remember I told one of the supervisors, and I blame the supervisors in this instance. I looked her straight in the face and I said, I don't care if I have to stand up next to him and give him the answers. He is trying, and he will not fail in my class because it's a disgrace that he has not gotten the help that he needed, and here he is in the fifth grade. Mm -hmm. there are so that's, far, that's my addition. Judy, you're ab there, are, there are far, and you and I both know, there are far too many that have just simply been pushed through, and those issues have never been addressed. Oh, yes, absolutely. There were kids that were straight Fs and that were promoted to the sixth grade. Yeah. And the parents, when I finally, on the first day of school, you can identify someone who cannot read or write. And when you can't write your name correctly, that is pathetic. Yeah. Absolutely pathetic. Dude. And, I mean, I held my, I held my base. This, this child needs to have this done. And whoever I need to talk to, I will do it. And that is, that is the heartbreak of the teachers, mm -hmm. that they see, they report, they do what they can, but yet the supervisory uh, personnel get to tra-la-la here and get to tra-la-la there. Make yeah. those special classes for these kids. Yeah, absolutely. Judy, thank you very much. Got to take a break. Appreciate your call. Anybody else who wants to call in on this subject, 232-1542, send a message through the app chat. We will get to any of those calls and messages in the next segment as well, there is one national story I want to talk about very quickly. We'll do that here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to call in, great conversation. Thank you, uh, Judy, Carolyn, Terry, Jim, all who called in today. And feel free to continue calling in. Uh, we'd love to hear you uh, hear your voice on this violent crime task force proposal from Representative Alan Seaball. But there is a national story I want to get to today. There's in Florida, coming up in Florida, there is, let's see, on November 6th. So this is two days before Election Day. On Sunday, November 6th, Donald Trump is going to be hosting a rally with Marco Rubio. It's in Florida. Rumor has it the DeSantis people are extremely upset because DeSantis is trying to push for Florida unity, get the Florida Republicans all on the same page. And Donald Trump comes in because DeSantis was planning to hold an event, I guess, on the same day. And now Trump is coming in. Trump is going to have Marco Rubio. Trump's going to hold an event that will get more press, that will get more coverage, and will detract from DeSantis's event. And Politico is out today reporting on all this and saying, oh, there's a, there's a rift growing between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. I'm sure there is. But they are really, really playing up this division between the two ahead of this midterm and ahead of the 2024 primary. And, of course, there is a reason for it. The Democrats aren't expected to do well in 2024 either, if things play out like they're supposed to. You know, the, the Democrats are celebrating a good uh, GDP report today. The economy did not shrink. It grew just a little bit. 
it beat expectations just a little bit. There's a problem. Beneath those numbers is the fact that consumer spending and business investment combined actually contributed to negative 0.62 percentage points to GDP. So decreased consumer spending and decreased business uh, investment actually took away from what should have been an even better GDP report. There is still contraction going on. And yes, we had two... Uh, we had two quarters of negative growth. We had, we met the definition of a recession and now we don't have another uh, for this quarter. We do not have uh, a negative growth. We actually have growth in the economy. So that will assuage some fears, but the Democrats are still hurting on the question of the economy. And for the last three segments of this show, we've talked about the issue that the GOP is actually closing out on crime because crime is up. And a lot of people around the country are nervous. Several weeks back, I told y'all that with all of the news out there, with all of the topics that the that voters were worried about, the GOP was going to close out with crime. And there's a reason. The people who see crime as their biggest issue, they never really tell it to the polls, but they feel it in their own lives. The people who feel crime is the most important issue and see what's happening around the country as there's a, frankly, societal collapse with crime. These people are independent women, particularly those in the suburbs, and they are breaking toward the GOP because of concerns about crime. The safety of their family is at play here. Economically, and with crime, and with other issues. And so the Democrats and the media take this into account, and so they decide to go ahead and play up a big riff in the GOP between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, the two favorites for 2024. And you're going to see more and more of that, particularly after the midterm. All right, that's it for me. 23 hours until the Joe Cunningham Show wraps up the week tomorrow. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. And of course, subscribe to the, to the show notes at joecunninghamshow.substack.com. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Shannon is offsides next right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.